Well, I'm so excited to welcome you this day, wherever you're making your connection with us from around this beautiful world, across this nation, or right here in South Florida, in Miami, in Gables Campus, Kendall Campus. God bless you for being here. Now, how can you lead your life most effectively? If that matters to you, then this series, at the Movies Leadership Edition is for you, especially if you are planning on your life exceeding the boundaries and the limitations of this life. I'm planning on that. How about you? You know, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. When I die, I'm not leaving my treasures. I'm gonna step up into the full inheritance that I have by the grace of God and the gift of salvation I've received in Jesus Christ. When this life ends, the house lights of time are coming down and the spotlight of eternity is going to shine so the real, because then the real show begins. So how do we get ready here for the real show there. Now, Paul, the first global spokesperson for Jesus Christ and his mission, wants you to know. That's part of the reason that he wrote the letter to the Philippians. Even though he was in a jail cell at the time, he was living larger than simply this life. And he writes, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward. In Christ Jesus, that's verse 14, chapter three. Chapter three, verse 20, our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, what better way to live than to so lead your life here as to be ready for there? C.S. Lewis, Oxford intellectual, former atheist, now believer, once said, aim at heaven, you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, you get neither. So how do we aim at heaven? That's what we get in this leadership essential kit in the letter to Philippians. Paul says, start with your cause for living. Your cause for living in Christ. Let God's love be the why behind every what in your life. Then next, understand how pushing through your fear will develop courage, not only in leading your life, but in helping others to lead theirs. And today we're going to see how character connects in community. Now, I'm thinking as a dad, most fathers wouldn't mind their daughters marrying a man of character, right? When you hear someone say, oh, She's such a woman of character. He's such a man of character. That's a good thing, right? On the other hand, dad, if you hear somebody say, you know that guy your daughter's hanging around with? What a character. He's a real character. Hey, same word, different meaning. Not necessarily a good thing. Well, this message is about becoming the first. Our focus is on character as the moral quality of a life empowered by virtue. Virtue like integrity, honesty, loyalty, kindness. People of character are called things like trustworthy, reliable, responsible, honorable, principled, right? The kind of leader that Commodus in the movie Gladiator wasn't. Here's the scene where his father, Emperor Marcus Aurelius, has got to break some news and his son's response. Are you ready to do your duty for Rome? 
will not be emperor. Which wiser older man is to take my place? My powers will pass to Maximus to hold in trust until the Senate is ready to rule once more. Rome is to be a republic again. Maximus. My decision disappoints you? You wrote to me once, listing the four chief virtues. Wisdom, justice, fortitude, and temperance. As I read the list, I knew I had none of them. But I have other virtues, the four chief virtues, wisdom, justice, fortitude, and temperance, or self-restraint. These are all qualities that are essential in the wielding of power as an emperor, but Commodus knows he has none of them, so he substitutes a lesser list centering on personal ambition and then rationalizing from there. That scene ends with him blaming his father and then killing him. Moral character matters, doesn't it? The moral quality that empowers your life matters. Legendary NCAA basketball coach John Wooden once said, be more concerned with your character than your reputation. Your reputation, your character is what you really are. Your reputation is merely what others think you are. Oprah Winfrey says, I was raised to believe that excellence is the best deterrent to racism or sexism, and that's how I operate my life. That's a statement about character. The virtue of excellence by which this illegitimate daughter of a Mississippi sharecropper overcame poverty, sexual abuse, and racism to become one of the most powerful women in TV. Rotary International Civic Club has what they call the four-way test of the things we think, say, and do. Is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? That's about moral character. As a Boy Scout, I said the Scout Oath, on my honor, I will do my best to do my duty to God and my country. Those are moral qualities that build trust. When somebody takes a marriage vow, it's a moral commitment to love and cherish, be true and loyal. Those are virtues. Miami School District, you probably know this, made history becoming an A-rated district this year, first time. And I heard school superintendent Alberto Cavallo thanking school leaders, administrators, teachers, support staff, parents, but mostly students and then he said this, he mentioned the uh, Values Matter Miami initiative that's underway. That's about character. So I'm thinking, if character matters so much to us, we, should we be surprised to find character development as a leadership essential in the Bible? The answer is no. Common sense tells us that some behaviors are offensive and destructive, and some behaviors, others, are helpful and constructive in getting along with others, building our lives, just like we see in Toy Story 2. Watch this. Hey, Buzz, can we slow down? 
May I remind you that some of us are carrying over six dollars in change? Losing health units. Must rest. Is everyone present and accounted for? Not quite everyone. Who's behind? Mine. Hey, guys! Why did the toys cross the road? Not now, Ham. Oh, I love riddles. Why? To get to the chicken on the other side! <laughs> oh well, we tried. We'll have to cross. <gasps> You're not turning me into a mashed potato. I may not be a smart dog, but I know what roadkill is. There must be a safe way. Okay, here's our chance. Ready, set, go! job troops we're that much closer to woody so good leadership has a cause save woody from that they develop a plan cross the road it shows understanding taking everybody into consideration and then steps out in courage there it is and then once they cross everybody's celebrated the team is celebrated and even those unintended consequences along with what we just experienced speak to character consideration don't they in chapter two of his letter to Philippians, Paul turns his leadership attention to character. Now, that's not a surprise to students of leadership. The surprise is where it comes from. He doesn't appeal to self-will or self-determination or self-anything. In fact, a little later, he says that that kind of righteousness that comes from self, that kind of moral quality that comes from self is ultimately self-defeating, self-deceiving, and can be self-destructive. And he knew that from experience as we're going to see next week when we get together. He kept all the rules, he followed the laws as closely as he could, and so on the outside, he appeared to be, to be righteous, blameless, religious. But on the inside, something was missing. He was lacking. He even calls it rubbish. I mean, why? It was all self-made. That was its flaw. Now, it's not that character or moral quality is trash. There truly is such a thing as moral excellence, as true virtue. It's just that the self-centered way he was going about it was flawed. 
Have you ever been judged? Have you ever been shamed by someone else who thought themselves superior to you? Morally superior. That's where self-righteousness leads, to putting other people down from a perch of moral superiority. And it's nauseating. And it happens a lot in politics these days. Both sides of the aisle, depending on the issue, both sides carefully shape their public language for the greatest halo-polished look of moral high ground. And then frame the opponent as the wicked, wretched villain. So the halo polishing of self and the demonizing of the villain continues. And what Paul says in Philippians 3 is that he lived his life that way. And not just from the mental and inside part, he worked his way to the top of the class in self-righteousness by his works. He had an amazing pedigree and background, but he also worked really hard at external moral quality. That was his halo polishing. But that wasn't good enough. So you know what he did? He kicked it into the overdrive gear, not only by demonizing his opponents, but by persecuting them, by abusing them with violence and then jailing them. Long story short, he has an encounter with God in the living, risen Christ, and it turns everything a new direction everything begins to change. And from that point forward, he starts saying, you know what, you need to live your life here to get ready for there. Now, with that backdrop, for the principles on character he offers, I want to share three of them. Three of them. As believers, here they are, we have a mindset to feel, we have a model to follow, and we have a method to fulfill. First, we've given a very curious mindset to feel. Pick it up Philippians 2, 1. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from his love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, any tenderness and compassion, by the way, those are all expressions of love from God that we experience in the gospel of Jesus, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ. Now, this is an amazing passage, but there's a word that shows up here, a word that shows up in Philippians more than any other New Testament writing, and it really doesn't translate into English. It's phroneo. Froneo, and it refers to a mashup of visceral and cognitive aspects of thinking, both our emotional attention and our rational action. One scholar, one Greek scholar says, it essentially equates into personal opinion fleshing itself out in action. It's like saying this, I know it in my head, I feel it in my gut, so that's how I live. That's a cool combination, right? But what's cooler is, Paul says that mashup comes from being fully connected in the community of Christ with others. Since you are, if, and I know you have been, since you are encouraged, comforted, connected, tender, and compassionate in the spirit, then out of that community you have in Christ together, 
choose to share that. Choose to share that experience of love. Mind that. Mind the same thing. What does that look like? Well, he says it looks like honor. It looks like humility. It looks like respect and responsibility. That's moral character, isn't it? And what we're seeing is it's in community with others that character, we see our character rise above self-interest. Just like we see in the movie Glory as the 54th share this time of worship and prayer. Tomorrow, we go into battle. All right. So, Lordy, let me fight with the rifle in one hand and good, good book in the other. Yeah. That if I should die at the muzzle of the rifle, die on water or on land, I may know that you, blessed Jesus Almighty, are with me. And I have no fear. Amen. Amen. We stand before you this evening to say thank you. And we thank you, Father, for your grace and your many blessings. Now, I run off and left all my young'uns and my kinfolk in bondage. So I'm standing here this evening, Heavenly Father, to ask your blessings on all of us. Amen. So that if tomorrow is our great getting up morning, uh, if tomorrow we have to meet the judgment day, uh, Heavenly Father, we want you to let our folks know uh, that we died facing the enemy. We want them to know that we went down standing up amongst those that are fighting against our pressure. We want them to know, Heavenly Father, that we died for freedom. Ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. If tomorrow we have to meet the judgment day, oh, Heavenly Father, we want to let our folks know, let our folks know that we died facing the enemy. We want them to know that we went down standing up. Don't you love that? That's a mindset to feel that results in godly character in community. And what does it look like? Well, it looks like going down, standing up. It looks like Jesus Christ. Verse 5, New International Version says, your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. The Greek for that is let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. And guess what word is used for mind here? It is a form of the word I told you about, phroneo. Now imagine this, the emotional attention and the rational action of Christ being in you. You knowing God's opinions and then feeling God's gut fleshing itself out through you. What's that look like? Well, Jesus 
is our model. He's who we follow, our example extraordinaire. And Paul says, we are to become like him, verse 6, who be in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. Jesus didn't live a grasping life but made himself nothing. And then he took the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Look at this. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee would bow and every tongue confess in heaven, on earth, under the earth, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God's glorious greatness flows from the character of the Father seen in the Son. It's a character quote. Now there's a scene in the movie Chef where this burned out chef dad, played by Carl Casper, is reconnecting to his roots in his El Jefe food truck right here in Miami and is teaching his son how to make Cuban sandwiches. Whoa, 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 that's burnt. So, they're not paying for it? Uh-oh, me. get off the truck. You got this? Yeah, I got it, I got it. Do it then. Slow down for a second. Is this boring to you? No, I like it. Yeah, well, I love it. Everything that's good that's happened to me in my life came because of that. I might not do everything great in my life. Okay, I'm not perfect. I'm not the best husband. And I'm sorry if I wasn't the best father. But I'm good at this. And I want to share this with you. I want to teach you what I learned. I get to touch people's lives with what I do. And it keeps me going and I love it. And I think if you give it a shot, you might love it too. Yes, chef. Now, should we have served that sandwich? No, chef. That's my son. Get back in there. We got some hungry people. He's ready to cook. That's a scene about character about how someone with a flawed character who has failed is now coming back to life through what matters. It matters to treat people right and serve them well. We don't serve burned sandwiches. There's a model to follow, in other words. In the chef, the father models it for his son. In the gospel, for the believer, the son models the father's character for us. And then that character is what Paul says is so superior to self-made human self-righteousness self-made moral quality, that he treats it like trash. He says it's something to be thrown out, not served up. Like Isaiah says, our righteousness is as filthy rags. It's like burnt toast. You don't serve that up. You throw it out, and instead you let God's character in Christ grow in you. That's called sanctification. Verse 12 talks about that. So, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, continue to work out your own salvation. We don't work for salvation. We already have it in Christ. But now that it's in us, we by faith work it out through obedience. How? Well, it is God who works in you to will and to act, to flesh it out according to his own good purpose. So God's energy is energizing your character development. 
That's what he's saying. God's life has been implanted in your life as a believer like a vital dynamic culture in the Petri dish of your soul. And from there, it is helping you live larger than yourself, helping you become more than a self-made person, helping you let go of self-interest and self-promotion, just like we see in this scene, Remember the Titans. We're in a fight. You boys are doing all that you can do. Anybody can see that. Win or lose, we're gonna walk out of this stadium tonight with our heads held high. Do your best. That's all anybody can ask for. No, it ain't, Coach. In all due respect, uh, you demanded more of us. You demanded perfection. Now, I ain't saying that I'm perfect, because I'm not. And I ain't going to never be. None of us are. But we have won every single game we have played till now. So this team is perfect. We stepped out on that field that way tonight. And, uh, if it's all the same to you, Coach Boone, that's how we want to leave it. Yeah. I hope you boys have learned as much from me this year as I've learned from you. You've taught this city how to trust the soul of a man rather than the look of him. And I guess it's about time I joined the club. Herman, I sure could use your help. Listen up. This is our time now. Second half is our time. We're going to make some changes on defense. It's spreading us out too far. We're going to put Sunshine, Allen, Glasgow, Davis. You're going to play both ways. Rest of the game. I don't want a receiver to get across that line of scrimmage. Coach Yost will tell you where you're playing, all right? Let's go. It's our time. Everybody in. Our time. Our time. Our time. Titans on three. One, two, three. Titans! Juice, go go 52 months. Well, I know that's all you need to know. All right, we're going zone, Alan. Sir, I can play with Roosevelt, but I cannot play with these guys. No, I tell you what, I didn't warm the bench all year so I could watch us go down on my account. Put Petey in, he's better. You want him to take your spot, you go give it to him. a mindset to feel, a model to follow in Christ, and a method to fulfill. Now, I know we usually don't find methods fulfilling. We tend to think of dreams as fulfilling. But what Paul says in Philippians 4, he offers us a method, a technique, a procedure, a way of doing something that will result in filling full your character as a follower of Christ, as a leader in Christ. In chapter 3, he says this, I consider everything a loss compared with the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord not having a righteousness of my own. My moral quality isn't from me, but that which is through faith in Christ, the moral quality, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. And then in chapter four, verse eight, he brings it home. He says, now focus on this, mind this. So from now on, whatever is true, 
Whatever is noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Give them your focus. Let them have your mind. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, then put that into practice. Do that, and the God of peace, the God of wholeness, will be with you. This is his whatever talk. Only it's not like a dismissive, whatever. It's not like random, whatever. No, he's saying, whatever comes, give this your mind. Whatever you do in life, let these character traits focus your thinking. What's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. This is mind that. And then he says, and you've seen this modeled in me, haven't you? So as a flawed human being, I am modeling after Christ's mind, and that matters because he's writing to a conflicted people. The Philippians, historians say, prided themselves as a standout colony in the empire. As a Roman colony, Philippi was intended to be a mini version of Rome. But even with the overlay of Rome in its culture, the power, the uh, prior Greek culture of the city didn't go away. And that means there were layers of culture clash in their relationships with one another. Most people there would have been poor. They would have been farmers or slaves. There was a minority population of military veterans who had been granted land in their retirement there. There were a lot, there were also many people who were non-Roman citizens. They spoke Greek, not Latin. So this was a mixed bag in Philippi. And actually, when outsiders came in, they were viewed with, with suspicion. They were held suspect, just like Paul was when he first visited the city. You know, they stripped him, they beat him, they threw him in jail. And yet into this mess, God gives birth to a Christ-like character in community. It's a spiritual rags to riches story. Now, one of the most popular recently celebrated rags to riches story is the greatest showman. I am not a stranger to the dark. You're still just the Taylor's boy. Better luck with your next job. Those people will never accept us. This isn't the life I promised you. Not even close. But I have everything I want. I think I've had an idea. Look out, cause here I come. Putting together a show. It's a place where people can see things they've never seen before. <laughs> okay. I'm not scared. Who's that? And what is your act? I don't have an act. Everyone's got an act. So tell me, do you wanna go? Where it's coming in all the color lights. Where the runaways are running the night. Impossible. Does it bother you that everything you're selling is fake? Do these smiles seem fake? We have more protesters every day. I tried to fix! You're risking everything you've built? Well, how do you think I built it? The world is ashamed of us. But you put us in the spotlight. You gave us a real family. Have you no shame? Father, the world is changing. Never made a difference by being like everyone else. 
You know, I've heard the song, This Is Me, many times since seeing the movie. And I could be wrong on this, but it sounds to me like a powerful anthem of defiance against rejection and against the self-righteous judgment of the cultural elite in its day. And yet it celebrates community. But the irony is, this is my view, the power of that song comes in the we in the packaging of the we, and yet it says, this is me. Imagine this, would that song have less power in the movie story if it were done by one voice on stage, just one voice, one person, nobody else with it? The answer is no. The power of the song comes in the we, even though the word says, this is me. Now, what I'm thinking here is Paul is saying something similar for believers that God does his work in us by the me, each of us, and yet we experience it in the we, that character development happens in community. And when it comes to responding to those as he once did, to others with judgment and condemnation and shame and rejection, what he has learned is there are no throwaway people in Christ. But it's not in the power of pride that we find our community. It's the power of God's love that results in character that turns a me into a we. And not just for time, but for eternity. In light of that, you know what would be a really good idea? Lead your life here to get ready for there. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for not giving up on our world. Thank you, Lord, for not leaving us to our own devices to try to lift ourselves up by being good when you can you have received you have given us a gift to receive in Christ that can transform us from the inside, develop our character on the outside that results in community. And that's what we're hungry for. That's what we long for. Thank you for giving us your church where we can share your love with one another and where we can model in our stumbling way for a, for a world that's watching how grace works in community. Do your work in us this day. And especially we pray for somebody, someone who is listening in, who's checking with us right now, who is hungry for your love. If that's you, may I offer a prayer that you can pray with us right now to invite Christ to become real inside you. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. Fill my life with your spirit. Start developing your character in me that my life can be everything you desire it to be and your love can spread to others as we make our prayer in your name. Amen.